Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And we are back today again on the Network Show, this time to talk a little National Basketball Association. Joining me, as always, in his uh, Super Mario Brothers t-shirt, I think. I got <laughs> Mario there. How's it going, Spread? It's going great, man. I mean, NBA's in full swing. We got some tennis tonight. The only bad thing is it's the same time, so my attention will be diverted. But uh, looking forward to talking some NBA and, and talking about this card tonight. Beautiful. Well, as always on these weekly shows, we like to touch on the standings, kind of see where everybody is, get a feel for how things are going so far. My Philadelphia 76ers still have the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, two and a half games back of them are the Bucks of Milwaukee and the Nets of Brooklyn. Um, the four and five seed right now, uh, Boston, I guess, has the tiebreaker there. Then the Pacers at five, Hawks at six would close out your playoff teams. Then in the play-in group, you have the Cavaliers, Hornets, Bulls, and Knicks. Raptors still on the outside looking in. Orlando still on the outside looking in. Miami still on the outside looking in. Uh, Miami finally starting to get healthy here, hopefully. So we'll see if they can turn it around. Seems like Toronto's putting it together. Um, you know, How do you kind of feel about those groupings? I mean, do you think Toronto and Miami both make it kind of back into the top you know, 10? And who falls out? Yeah, so obviously I think both those teams are coming back. You know, we've seen Miami at full strength, um, starting to look like the team they were last season, and obviously that's a formidable team. Um, you know, hey, I was high on the Hornets, um, you know, <laughs> and, and I remember getting some chuckles and, and some feedback on that. They look pretty good, but I, I'd expect them to, to fall back a little bit. Um, the Knicks, I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on their – uh, dominance or success so far, even at nine and thirteen, you know, uh, obviously ahead of schedule here. And the Bulls, I still think that the Bulls do have a lot of issues. A, a really talented team, but um, you know, with their inability to defend, I still think that that they're going to have problems keeping up. So I would think that the three that will fall out, you know, it'll probably be the Bullet, uh, the Hornets, the Bulls, and the Knicks. And I think we'll see the uh, the Heat and the Raptors go ahead and take those spots now. A team that we had slanted in there that probably won't be in, and it might it's probably not through any fault of their own. But Orlando, this might be their first year missing the playoffs in a while, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if they missed the play-in. Yeah, Orlando's kind of had a tough year. Um, weirdly enough, losing Markel Fultz seems like it was kind of a big deal for them. Really just really deal. just been beaten up by injury. I think Miami and Toronto will both be, at the very least, in the play-in discussion. I think you're right that Knicks will probably continue to fall out. And then Chicago or even Cleveland. Um, Charlotte continues to look Out of all these surprise teams, teams, I like Cleveland the best. I think yeah. that, that they can replicate the success the most. I think that they're strong inside and outside. And I don't think that what we're seeing from Sexton and Garland is an aberration. I think they're going to continue to improve as the season goes on. So of these of the quote-unquote surprise teams, and, and I'd probably consider those to be, you know, the Cavaliers, the Hornets, and, and the Knicks, I think the Cavaliers are, are best suited to, to keep their success for the rest of the season, which surprises me because I didn't think that we'd be saying that when we were doing their original preview. I You know what's so funny is I overlooked Andre Drummond's presence completely, and um, – He's been a he's been a real good player for them. So, you know, after falling to obscurity in uh, in Detroit, he's kind of showing that that you know he is a, a valuable contributor and he can help teams win games. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I maybe do like that Cleveland team a little better. I just made the overreact. And Charlotte's really just been a surprise. I'm curious to see if they hold on to that. I mean, Lamelo Ball has been absolutely great and. I could probably tear up most of my rookie of the year tickets, but uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, they'll come back to, pl to planet Earth here a little bit towards the end. Um, any other Eastern Conference teams you wanted to touch on? 
And Atlanta's starting to look better. Indiana seems to be okay despite losing a big piece. Anybody else you want to touch on uh, before we jump into the Western Conference? Yeah, I would just say I think it's kind of interesting how our expectation is Milwaukee because, you know, I see them here in second place, but doesn't it kind of feel like watching this team and, and the attitude around this team that they've been kind of disappointing or, or underachieving so far? And obviously they've been getting the wins, um, but you can see that the depth isn't what it was last year and the defense is seriously regressed. Um, what do you think of Milwaukee? They're sitting in that almost quietly now. Uh, and the number two spot of the, of the East. I, mean. I think maybe their their regression's a, a little overblown here. What I will say is they don't have a marquee win yet this season. As I start to flip through here, um, you know, lost to the Celtics to open the season, split with the Heat, but you know the Heat haven't been at full strength. So we'll kind of throw those out. Lost to the Jazz, lost to the Nets, lost to the Lakers. Um, you know, they haven't beat a top tier team yet. So, so I agree that that's a little concerning that they're struggling in some of those games. But I think that it's a team that's trying to maybe figure out what to do with some new pieces here and, and they'll be OK. Um, you know, even if you start to look at some of their efficiency ratings and things like that, they're still one of, if not the best teams in the league. So um, I think maybe they're a little slow to start here and they'll write the ship. But the lack of a marquee win is definitely concerning. Yeah. Western Conference, the Clippers would be the one seed if we had the players tomorrow, playoffs tomorrow, followed by Jazz, Lakers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns, and then the play-in group would be the Warriors, Blazers, Rockets, and Spurs. Your Kings just on the outside, followed by Oklahoma City, Dallas, New Orleans, and Minnesota. I think Dallas is obviously the surprise team there, but uh, just been really hampered by injury and, and kind of COVID issues. They finally started to have everyone back, but I believe they're on a six-game losing streak now spread. Uh, yeah, have lost their last six games. Um, not great, but uh, do you think Dallas has what it takes to sort of put things together and turn it around? I mean, they're three games out of the eight seed. Um, actually, just they're three games out of the play-in. So um, a little ground to cover, but they probably have enough season left to do it, I would think. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely they're going to be a playoff team by the time this all shakes out. The thing that that's kind of surprising, right, is we had kind of slotted them in maybe as a home team, right? It's a top four seed. That's getting out of reach unless they, they turn things around here uh, really quickly. One thing that surprised me looking through all the numbers, Luke is at only 30% from three. For, for someone that we know has a good shot, it just hasn't shown up so far this year. And I think that's um, a testament to the fact that the shot quality he's being forced to take is so low because of the other creators, you know, not really being present with him. So now as they come together and they sync up, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of little Dallas run here. Uh, but, boy, they're, they're really digging themselves in a hole in a tough Western Conference. And then I think on the other end, right, the team that we we probably expected them to, to completely switch, switch spots in the standings. How much money have you lost betting against Memphis? Because they've, they've been a boon in my bankroll this year so far. And just uh, they're way better than I thought they were going to be, especially with Jaron Jackson still out. What do you think of this Memphis team? I haven't really played on or against them too much. Um, when we get to the games tonight, I'm actually on them tonight. Um, okay. But they've been a tough team. I've kind of avoided them without Morant. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I don't know if I've but gone against them But they won most of those games, much. which was crazy. Yeah, I, mean, I looked at that they've roster. Been a real no solid Morant. spot. Yeah, it was just wild. I think it just speaks to kind of the depth the team has, the 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 strength of that organization, basically, that they keep finding players that they know they can fill in. And, you know, basically the way the season goes, if you have a little bit of depth and some solid leadership, you know, you're doing better than most teams night to night. You're going to win those games where the other teams come in a little discombobulated, which happens more often than not this time of year. 
Yeah, and Taylor Jenkins was a name that we didn't really speak about a lot in the offseason. Uh, not a coach I was familiar with. Proven his chops so far. So let's see if he can uh, keep it going because um, I, I'm, I'm shocked, but you watch the team. And this is a good team playing some good basketball. So um, shocked when I looked at their roster, but when you watch the team on the floor, you know they're playing they're playing good ball. Yeah, they are. And again, as you start to look through here, I mean, they did hit kind of an easy patch of the schedule: Cavs, Timberwolves twice. Uh, did beat the Sixers and the Suns, though. Nothing to be upset about there. And two games against the Spurs after kind of a long break. So um, you know, getting the COVID break, frankly, was probably good and helping jog. They're the only healthy. ones that did well off that, though. Every other team that had those layoffs came back and looked terrible. I think it was part of them coming back and the Morant sort of coming back at the same time. So you got to have that, uh -huh. that sort of dual combo there. But it is, yeah. it's, it's a deep roster. I mean, Tyus Jones is, is a solid backup point guard. You know, they're getting a lot of guys like Kyle Anderson. I think Dylan Brooks continues to be underrated, even though he had some shooting struggles to start the year. Brandon Clark is a nice big man. So they've got, they've got some pieces. Um, but I think you're right. Definitely they were a team that was underrated over the offseason based on, on what we've seen. Yeah. Houston Rockets are fun. Um, I really enjoyed them kind of without Harden now. Not necessarily that Harden's gone, but the team they've sort of morphed into a fun defensive unit. Christian Wood, just absolutely fantastic. Have you enjoyed Houston? I love I love bet on Houston, and it, it probably won't last for long. They're a little undervalued right now, and, and I'm going to continue to ride that. Um, I think that their defense at the point of attack on the basketball, between, you have Eric Gordon, and Oladipo, right? I mean, that that's just fantastic to prevent the teams from just getting right into their sets fluidly and easily. And then it allows Wall to basically just sit on, like, your shooter that you put in the corner or that moves around the top. So he can do what he does best, and that's play the passing lanes and get steals because he's not the same, um, you know, on-ball defender that the other two are. So now Wall's strengths are being amplified. His weaknesses are being, you know, um, subtracted or, or, you know, hidden. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's so funny. I mean, Christian Wood, not really that good a defender. And in this system, he's looking good, too. And I think that's being next, you know, to players like Daniel House and P.J. Tucker who are doing the same thing. You know, they're um, hiding his weaknesses and kind of amplifying his strengths. So I love this Houston team from the defensive end. And, boy, uh, credit to their GM for getting James Harden out of there um, because so quickly, you know, rather than letting Silas have to deal with it while it's all festering, um, because now, you know, he, you can see he is really a young coach that um, obviously deserves the job, but I think that he's someone to keep out for because um, what he's done with this team that we really had kind of written off as tanking this year and, and looking forward to the future, um, they look really good. So, so I'm a big fan of Houston and what they're doing right now. Yeah, me too. And then the last team I'll ask you about, the Phoenix Suns. Um, good start, kind of rough middle there, and they've been playing better lately. I think a lot of that is just kind of running into a, a mess of a team in Dallas that's struggling to put it together. Um, you know, Do you think Phoenix is starting to turn things around again here and get back to what they were maybe the first couple weeks of the season, first week or so of the season? Um, or is this more the Phoenix team we should see, one that's going to have to fight, I think, to hold on to a playoff spot? I think, it, I think it's a little closer to the second. I think that the eight-game um, winning streak in the bubble combined with the addition of Chris Paul um, kind of led us to overvalue this team. And I don't know if, if they're that, that good. But at the same time, you know, they definitely are a playoff team. Um, but, you know, the early wins looking so great right off the bat, I think they were a little bit of overvalued. Now – as, uh, you know, they've gone through a little slump and we've seen who they are. I think they're getting closer um, to what we see. But 
to me, I don't know if they're in that top four like a lot of people might have had with the uh, Paul edition in the offseason. I think, you know, um, five, six, or, or a playing level team is who they are. Uh, but the thing is about them, even at that five, six, or playing, they're going to be dangerous to whoever they play um, just because their ability to do everything right. And then, of course, um, you know, having Chris Paul there at the end of the games, you, you could see the difference. Um, just in their ability to get good shots and their ability um, to work the time correctly. You know, slow down when you're ahead, speed up when you're behind, you know. But at the same time, he doesn't dribble down to three or four seconds and, and then you throw up a bad shot, right? I mean, he knows how to do it probably better than anyone else is using the late clock because one thing that, that really bothers me, and it probably bothers you if you're betting on a team, is, you know, they're trying to almost like run out the clock to the point where it costs them shot quality because they dribble too low into the clock. I think that he's much better at that than, than some of these younger point guards out west. So um, they're getting the advantage there. But I think that – I hate to just be kind of neutral on this, but I think they're kind of returning to where they're properly valued. Uh, but I definitely did think that we had them overvalued uh, to start the year, and, and it kind of showed. Yeah, let's touch on futures real quick before we jump into tonight's game. Lakers still the favorites to win the title, plus 250, followed by the Nets, I'm seeing plus 385, Clippers plus 550, Bucks plus 675. Then things start to get a little bigger. Sixers 16 to 1, Celtics 18 to 1, Jazz 20, Nuggets 20. Any of those numbers stick out to you, right or wrong? Philadelphia is the best value that you mentioned. I mean, Philadelphia, I mean, people are going to hate this, and if Prince is in the chat, I'm sure I'm going to get so, so much, but, but they have the, okay. We see the weaknesses in all these Western teams, right? I mean, the Nets can't defend, right? I mean, it looks like a wine, uh, just going down to 24 hour fitness, just watching them run up and down the court, right? No shooting, no physical, I mean, shooting everywhere, no physical contact. It's just, I don't see the Nets defending. We talked earlier about Milwaukee and some of their struggles and how they're not as good as last year, right? Um, and then we saw in the, in the win against the Lakers how well they match up against the size of Los Angeles. And I think that if I'm a Lakers fan or holding a Lakers ticket, that's the team I do not want to see in the finals uh, because they're not gonna, you're not going to bully ball them you know, the way the Lakers matched through the West last year and the way they matched through the finals, you know, proving you know, the, the big man is back, small ball's over. You know, the, Warrior, the Warriors' little small ball era, you know, they, they put a hammer in it right there. Um, so I really like Philly at that number, and, and I think it's a great time um, to go ahead and get involved. I really, I really think that they got a good chance to make the finals if Embiid stays healthy, and of course the rest of the team, but we see how much better they are with Embiid. Although, what did you think of their comeback win against Indiana? I didn't see that coming. About uh, no, I turned that game off. Night? Turned it yeah. off. Okay. <laughs> I was watching them. I bet them the night before um, wow. they opened minus two. I, I went and looked at everything. I figured Embiid was playing. Loved the Sixers minus two with Embiid right. in that game. Embiid's out, moves. So I think they closed Papers like plus two, two and a half. Plus yeah. two and a half, two something and like half. that, right? Um, watched most of the first half. They were down by 20 somewhere in the third. Turned it off yeah. and. Uh, you know, asked my fiance if she wanted to play some chess or something. And uh, <laughs> as I was going to sleep, went back through my Twitter to a whole bunch of goofy messages uh, and had yeah. quite the chuckle as, as I went to sleep with my winning uh, a huge negative CLV ticket on the Sixers. So um, I went back and actually watched it the next morning. Oh, good. It's just nice to have this much shooting. They just 
sort of keep going. And at some point during that game, they just kept hitting shots and Indiana couldn't do it. And they're coming down the floor, hitting three pointers. It's, it's just nice to have shooting on this team. Again, I, there's been some whispers of JJ Redick being shopped. He would be a great asset for this team. You know, not a regular player. I think once we get to yeah. playoff time, but you know, somebody to bring in for 10, 15 minutes of a night, run all those great pick and rolls that he used to run with Joel and beat again. Uh, you know, I, like you said, I think the Sixers are probably the best value. I don't know if I want to bet them 16 to one to win the title yet, um, but they have the highest upside of any team. You know, in double digits for sure. I mean, it'd be I, I would agree. Those guys. And so watching that game, what did you think? And I didn't know this at the time, but, you know, I read the article afterwards that Doc Rivers kind of just threw that zone in there on on the fly and that they had barely practiced it uh, all year. I guess they had put it in as, as preparation, you know, when they had the other team, you know, because they were going to work against the zone. That's the only time they'd worked a zone all year. And he threw it out there. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, it was just it's just nice to see somebody try something different. Yeah. And if you would like watching the game, because I would sit here actually in this chair watching, you know, on these TVs I'm looking at right now, you would have not known that this team had never played it before. I thought it was something he was keeping in his back pocket. You know, they've been working on it a little while, like, hey, we're down 15. Let's just give it a try. You know, the fact that they came out afterwards and said they had only worked on it once as practice and it was basically like in, in, like a scout team preparation was just unbelievable to me. And I think it really shows how talented the roster is. Yeah. Conference futures are pretty similar. Lakers still favored to win the West, followed by the Clippers. Then you got the Jazz. What's Lakers the Clippers number? Else. Clippers is plus 285 to win the West. Oh, okay. I was thinking they might be a little undervalued, but I guess at, at the first seed, it's starting to return. I mean, I just remember doing the preview, and everyone had just completely written them off as contenders. You know, all the different people I talked to, you know. Um, and I, I think that they might have got written off a little early. But with their great performances, uh, 50 point loss to Dallas notwithstanding, um, you know, I think that they're kind of showing, hey, you know, we're back, we're here, and, you know, don't write off our championship chances just because of the uh, bubble failure against the Nuggets. Eastern Conference Nets are plus 165, so um, a little less of a favorite since last time we spoke. The Bucks right around the same number at three to one. Sixers just less than six to one. Celtics right around six to one. No value in those numbers kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, you ready to jump into tonight's slate? Yes, I'd love to. Let's do it. Toronto playing Orlando. Two teams moving in opposite directions. I believe this game is in Orlando, but a short trip for Toronto since they're actually in Tampa Bay. The total open 215 is up to 216. Toronto opened uh, minus five. I'm seeing minus six and a half and even a, a minus seven now or two popping up. Um, I was able to grab minus five here on Toronto earlier. I'm sorry, Toronto. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying Toronto because I am in America and we say Toronto. Mm. The Tampa Bay Raptors, uh, I grabbed minus five last night. Um, still like it if you can find kind of a straight six. I think six and a half, seven is, is getting to be a little too deep. But like I mentioned, two teams moving in other directions. I think OG and Anobi playing is finally starting to play the way I hoped he would during the offseason. Boucher playing more has helped quite a bit. Um, what do you see here? How are you handicapping this game? Yeah, I mean, this is a, the market put up the wrong number and corrected itself. Uh, that five was wrong. Um, seven, six and a half. 
you know, maybe slight, but once it's seven, that's actually the number that it should be. You don't want to lay more than with seven with anyone, regardless of the mismatch uh, on the road. Although, you know, it's not that much travel. Um, you know, it stays the same. But why did this number move? It's pretty easy to see. Aaron Gordon's out for four weeks. So um, this is a team, the Magic, that was basically at full strength, you know, a mid-lane, you know, six, seven, eight seed in the East. Um, and now as depleted as they are, you know, we kind of knew Isaac wasn't going to be there, right? But Fultz, Gordon, Fournier's been in and out of the lineup. I mean, they just uh, – they don't have, really have the depth to compete. So, uh, obviously, they're well coached. They put out a good effort every night, so I don't want to lay a lot. I think you've got a great number at that five. And um, at seven, I don't think you can play this pregame. Um, but, hey, the Magic got, might get off to a good start, and you might be able to grab a nice number live um, during the game. So uh, that's the way I'm going to approach it because uh, it, I was joking about it in the chat, but I didn't even bet it on the Toronto minus five when I when I woke up and I was uh, talking with our buddy Gav about that. So uh, I think you got a great number there. Let's look at first half is Toronto minus three and a half. I don't even really like that angle. So, um, you know, like you said, try to see if you can get a live number on Toronto or Toronto. Toronto. Whatever Jorge wants yeah. me to say. Um, Clippers versus Brooklyn here, the marquee game of the night. Yes. A possible finals matchup, folks. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will be the finals, but some people do. Um, Brooklyn open minus one and a half. The Clippers have taken money. Now we're going across zero here, but it's now Clippers plus one and a half. I'm sorry, minus one and a half. Um, the total open to 243 and a half, ticked down to 241 and a half. So a little action on the Clippers, a little action on the under. What do you think of all that spread? So uh, it reminds me of a 243 and a half that I was staring at um, two days ago that finished at almost 300. And I'm talking about the Wizards Nets game, final 149 to 146. Uh, unbelievable. I, I, <laughs> I thought I had an unbelievable number grabbing my oh, uh, under 273 in game. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Um, so I think I would much rather play the over. I, I, I think the playing the under in, a, in the Nets game is just insane right now. Uh, even if it hits, I don't know if you're on the right side. And I think the side is fascinating, right? Because although you said, um, you know, probably not a potential finals matchup, these guys, they're definitely championship contenders. They're definitely going to be up to game. And I'd, I'd love to see how they match up. Now, um, we give the Clippers the edge, you know, off roster, and kind of pedigree on the defensive end. But they, we haven't seen that level of defense this year under Ty Lue. Um, the offense has looked much crisper. Uh, Paul George has been playing fantastic. Uh, Leonard has been Leonard. Um, but their defense really hasn't been there. So I'm really going to be uh, curious to see whether or not they step it up tonight and if it's still in there or, you know, if it's one of those things that you can't just flip the switch on it. Um I don't know, man. I mean, obviously because of their greater ceiling on the defensive end, I guess I lean the Clippers, but I don't really feel like super strong about a side here. Did you have a side? No, I don't. Um, of course, I lean under here, but that's just been a brutal game trying don't to play some it. of these nets under. So um, I'm it. not going to do that. I okay. like the Clippers. <laughs> you know, If I was forced to pick a side, I think the Clippers are a little bit of a better team here. Um like you said, we haven't seen from the Clippers what we think they can do defensively. But, you know, they've been in the top half of the league in defense, and I think that'll kind of make a difference tonight. They've also had a little more um, homogeneity to the roster. You know, guys have been a little bit healthier for them. So we'll see. It's going to be a tight game. I, I think you can make a reasonable case for either side. If I had to pick one, I'd, I'd take the Clippers. But I think we might get a chance to see, you know, kind of a regular season playoff game, as I call them here, 
um, which generally tends to be under, but it's just not a thing I'm, I'm doing anymore. Betting nets unders. We're going to, we're going to take that off for a little while longer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're just breaking models left and right. So, um, yeah, but I'm fascinated. It's the game of the night and it's for a reason. And I'm looking forward to watching it tonight. Memphis, Indiana, uh, Indiana opens minus six. Uh, Memphis is taking money. Uh, Indiana is now down to minus four and a half. Total opens at 220 and a half up to 221 and a half. Uh, got some Memphis myself last night at plus six. Um, still like the plus four and a half. That's okay. I don't know if I'd play it much lower than that, maybe plus four. Um, I have this right about a pick em. I, This Memphis team is very, very good. And I think, um, you know, even four points is probably a little too much respect for Indiana. What do you think? Yeah, as my, I've overvalued Indiana this year. Um, I, I keep losing back in them. So when I saw the plus six, I mean, that's just uh, – where did they get that number from? It's It seems to be a lot of respect for Memphis coming off a of back-to-back. Um, okay. I don't think it's three and four for them, but it might be three and four for them. I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't have their schedule okay. open right now, but it's a back-to-back for them. Um, you know, the market, I think, has started to build in more value to things like that. But like we said, Memphis being a younger team coming off kind of that Corona break, uh, Corona break if you will, um, is really like this spot for them. And I think maybe Indiana still hasn't been downgraded for whatever reason for losing all the depot and not really getting a chance to, to fill that hole with anybody. I mean, Indiana was a solid team at the beginning of the year, but to lose a big piece like that with anything to replace it um, is obviously huge. Yeah, and I think on the offensive end, they've been fine, but they've obviously missed him on the defensive end. You know, I sung the praises of Sumner on the pod last week, and while I still think he's, like, a good backup and a good role player and definitely, like, you know, deserves an NBA uh, place on the roster, as they move him, you know, higher and higher uh, usage and become more reliant on him, you know, the weaknesses of, of, of him get exposed there uh, by the top players. So, yeah, I, I think that you got a great ticket at that plus six, you know. And, and and that's the number I like, and I and I'd agree with you. Right now, if you're jumping in right now, the four and a half is the way to go. Um, this Memphis team, they're not, uh, they should not be uh, underestimated here. And and I know that the back to back should worry you, but um, they're a young team that, you know, ha- coming off a recent break, and they look fantastic against the Spurs. And that's a team that kind of plays to me the same way as Indiana. Um, you know, with the inside-outside. Obviously, Indiana's got the better rim protection there with Miles Turner, um, you know, just blocking everything in sight this year. But I, I think you have a great ticket with plus six, and, and I like the plus four and a half, too. Hey, thanks to our buddies at Punt School there for pointing out that it is indeed a three and four. If you like basketball and you like Australians, the guys at Punt oh, School yeah. do a great little show every day, preview three or four games right before tip-off. Yeah. So check those guys out, Josh and Jared at Punt School. We like them quite yeah. a bit. So thanks for pointing that out, guys. Yeah, great um, timing on their show, too, because it goes live before tip. So, you know, if someone gets pulled, <laughs> you know, they're actually capping the game with pretty close to what the roster is going to be. Portland, Washington. Washington opens minus one and a half. They're out to minus two and a half. Total opens at 240, now up to 241. Really tough for me to handle some of the, to handicap some of these Portland games lately with kind of all the turnover for them. Um, you know, again, it looks like just about everybody's playing tonight. I kind of like Washington. Um, you know, I haven't played a bit here. Like I said, I don't know that I have a firm grasp on either one of these teams, but kind of lean Washington here. What do you think? Portland looked bad last night. They looked terrible. I grabbed them live plus 18 and a half. That was a joke. I mean, that was, it was unbelievable how bad they were. I, I mean, they were down by like 30 for most of the fourth quarter. One of my worst live bets of the year. Um, this is a, it's a long trip, and that was a quick game last night. 
that was a quick game. So you look at the rosters, and you want to play Portland, right? Because as much as I want to talk smack about them, this Wizards team is the worst team in the league, and they have a lot of roster deficiencies. But I think situationally, I Pistons. You're right. The second worst roster in the league. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think uh, situationally it's huge for the Wizards. And we're only laying two and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think those two and a half is, is basically, you know, it's it's warranted and justified because of the tough situation that Portland's in. Coming out off of really a tiring game last night and, and then long travels. So I like Washington Wizards here, too. I'm with you. Yeah, I lean Washington, but, you know, I'm going to go with discretion as the better part of valor here and uh, stay as, as far away from kind of this mess. Watch it to uh, maybe try to get this on for a little bit during breaks of uh, Clippers Brooklyn just to kind of see what's going on. Uh, maybe yeah, get it during, on the screen with during the, the halftime. Match. You should be able to get a uh, get a little bit of action there. So that'd be good halftime viewing for your uh, your halftime show, the Clippers Nets game. The aforementioned Detroit Pistons mm-hmm. traveled to Utah to play the. Red Hot Jazz, I couldn't think of the right musical word for fast or something. I think it's Allegro or something stupid like that. Anyway, the Jazz have been playing some fantastic basketball. Uh, we talked about them a little bit last week. I think we still love them as a regular season, still have our reservations about them when it comes to the playoffs. But they are laying 12 points tonight. That total has not – that spread has not really moved. Looks like some juice has shifted around here. There's a cheap 12-and-a-half if you want it. Um, the total open at 221 has gotten beaten down now. We're at 218, starting to go below to 217 and a half. Um, lean under, but I think we've missed the number there. My numbers say to play D- Detroit here. I don't know. I don't feel great about that. What Detroit's been keeping it close in all these losses, and I think that's probably why. Um, they don't have the blowouts that will really skew. If you're using uh, heavy, you know, net ratings and margin of victory like I do. Um, And so I think that's why that the model will show Detroit being better than they are. And that being said, I mean, I guess this will be the perfect time to take advantage of it. I don't know what it is right now, but I know at a certain point, I think the last time we did this pod, they had only lost one game by double digits. Right. So it seemed to make sense to take them. But at the same time, this jazz team is a buzzsaw that I don't want to get in front of. I know that they lost to Denver the other night, but. Um, I'm giving credit to Denver in that victory. I don't think that they played that bad. I think Denver played that good in that victory, and and I don't see Detroit getting to that level. Um, I mean, if you force me to choose a side just because, you know, the old man in me is going to take the 12 and a half because that just seems to be a lot to lay in the NBA game, but I'm not doing it. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely not betting that. I think that's it's a really tough team to back. Um, going against you know one of the hottest teams in the NBA. I'm looking back through through kind of Detroit's games here. Lost by 10, 9, 8, 10. Um, Looks like they had a win there. I'm trying to see if they lost by more than 10. Lost by 10 there. You're right. They haven't really gotten blown out this year. Um, yeah. Looks like their biggest loss, they lost by 15 at Cleveland the other day, and Golden State beat the pants off them. So the, the, they've had a couple – the last few games. Oh yeah, that Golden State game was bad. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So that's that's what I mean. That's everything says Detroit. I'm not going against Utah here, and I'm certainly not going to going to take any of my hard earned money and, and put it on the Pistons of Detroit at this point. Maybe a live spot. You know, if Utah gets up big, big in the first half, and you get like you know some huge plus number, maybe 
I'll look at that. But um, yeah. anything else for that game you want to touch on? No. Final game of the night, the Boston Celtics against the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors continue to look better every single night. Draymond seems like he's, you know, not his old self, but as close to his old self as I think we're ever going to get. Um, Curry continues to get better and better and is back to being the electric, you know, presence and force that we knew him to be. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. finally started making some shots. Andrew Wiggins is somehow playing defense. Things are coming together, Spread. What do you think about the Warriors? What do you think about the Celtics? The Celtics open minus three. They're now minus two and a half, and I'm seeing a minus two start to pop up. So Golden State taking a little bit of money. The total opens at 224, is starting to get up to 227. What are you doing here? I think this is a great measuring stick for the Warriors here um, because we've seen them look good, and we've also seen them look pretty bad. And, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity. They're at home uh, against the team, you know, the class of the East, you know, obviously not the very best, but they've been up there for years. Um, solid players, solid wing players. But it's a game that they should match up well, right? I mean, this is why you have, like, Uber and Wiggins on your roster is, is to go up against teams like this and, and slow down players such as Tatum and Brown now. Will they be slowed down? I mean, they've shown that that that, that nobody can check them. Um, Jalen Brown has been fantastic this year. Um, really even challenging Tatum for the title of best player on the team. So you got to give credit to him for continuing to work on his game. And I think that, you know, one thing that's kind of overlooked when everyone, you know, thought that Tatum's the best player, Tatum's the best player, I think Jalen's a little quicker and a little stronger. Uh, it gives, uh, allows him to, like, create his own shot more um, as far as not just, you know, grit, getting those great uh, open mid-range uh, looks. You know, I think that he's, he can do better getting to the rim. Uh, I think that he can turn into a post up a lot easier. So uh, I'm really big on Jalen Brown here. I don't want to bet this game only because the Warriors, a lot of times it just seems to come down to like Oubre and Wiggins and those guys have been all over the place. And I don't really know like a predictive way to see what kind of performance we're going to get from them, especially um, Oubre, you know, who's, who's been absolutely terrible. Like look like he doesn't even deserve a spot on the floor. And um, you know, Wiggins, he's been a little more consistent actually, but still, I, I'm just, I just don't really trust them. So, um, I mean, I guess I would lean the Celtics here if I had, if I had to make a pick, but I didn't really want to get involved in this game, and I'm almost like scratching the Warriors off like my list right now, um, because every time I think I have a handle on this team, they go the exact opposite of what I expect. <sighs> It's rough. Boston, again, is one of those teams that has had a lot of roster flux. They haven't played a lot of games together, whereas Golden State, uh, despite not starting with Draymond, actually has kind of coalesced and gelled a little bit. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick anything, I'd probably even just go Golden State money line here. I think that they have a chance to win this game, but it's it's tough. This is kind of another stay away from me. It's... um, uh, maybe a bot, maybe some team total overs or something like that. But I, I think Golden State actually has a chance to win this game. We'll see. I mean, it's it's it'll be big for Boston, as our buddy Anch says there in the uh, chat. You know, Celtics off two losses here, so yeah. um, they should be laser focused on trying to get things turned around. We'll see. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't say under in this game. Golden State um, was an under team early on, um, but they've just picked up their pace. They play so fast. They're one of the absolute fastest playing teams in the league. And with Tatum back, you know, that's only going to help Boston score points. With Kemba being on the floor, that only kind of pushes totals up. So right. um, definitely staying away from Warriors unders for a little while. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Okay. Yeah, I might target one live, though, if they get off to a good start, right? Yeah, that makes so sense. If, if it's competitive, like I, I think you'll see it grind out a little bit at the end. Yeah. 
All right, Spread, anything else we want to cover here on the association uh, before we wrap our weekly check-in? No. Um, I had a lot of fun to talk to you about these games. I think it's actually a pretty interesting card overall, even though it's like not one that like I love to bet on. Like I do think that the Celtics-Warriors game is kind of a great measuring stick um, for both teams, but specifically the Warriors. And obviously um, the Clippers and the Nets will be a, a great game for us to overreact to regardless of who wins or loses because – you know, it would be nice to just instantly write, you know, a finalist and whoever uh, wins and, and whoever loses probably won't even make the playoffs. So that would be fun to overreact to. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, in the comments section. We always love hearing from you guys. Uh, we'd like a thumbs up, a like, a rating, a review, whatever you can do, whether you're watching, whether you're listening. That all helps us out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NetworthPod. Reach out to us if you have any thoughts. We'll be back soon. Thank, uh, thanks for listening, and good luck.